Hi, and welcome to another episode of What the Future podcast, brought to you by Future Leaders Mentoring. We're back again discussing mental health in the last of our five episode series. In this episode, we're discussing your mental health. This week, we welcome back Mike Ring, our resident expert, and Andy Colton, leader of the new hope for the energy industry, Hope Energy. Hi, both. Hi. Welcome back. Lovely to see you again. Glad to be here. Yeah, exactly. Great. Good mental health for you, Ian. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good actually. I've had a, I've had a good start on the day. So, um, yes, mental health is in a good place today. Um, good. So, just to kick us off, then, Mike. Obviously, uh, as I mentioned, this is the fifth um, fifth episode in our in our five series um, chat about mental health, and you you've you've been the sort of creator of, of all of the topics and and the say the resident expert talking about all this stuff. Um, yeah. What what do you think are the sort of key points to take away from the podcast so far, um, and to help help people to to sort of manage their mental health? I think one of the key points is for everybody to realise that we all have mental health, every one of us. And what surprises I, I run the mental health first aid courses, and when we one of the first things we talk, we talk about is what is mental health. And it is so surprising that everybody always goes down the negative side of it with regards of mental health is, you know, it's, it's always bad. It's always, you know, anxiety. I'm very stressed out. But we have to realize that we all have mental health, like we all have physical health. And we all have a responsibility for our own mental health. You know, we are responsible for nurturing it, keeping it healthy. And I think it's important that we, when we realize that, then we sort of understand, okay, what can I do about my mental health? You know, I, I own it. Like you own your physical health. Because if you jumped on the scales, you realize, oh, I kept stolen overweight. You probably do something about it. You probably yeah. say, okay, I'm going to go on a diet. But mm. with your mental health, how do you know it's not coping well? And that's the, that's the difficult thing. You know, because we all talk, tell ourselves little stories of, oh, yeah, I'm doing really well. But it's a good question to ask yourself, what am I doing for my own mental health? You know, and, and there's, there are lots of resources available to help and support you. And it's very important to realize that, yes, we've all got mental health. And even if you just look at the, the NHS website, you know, the NHS, they've done a lot of work with regards mental health, just basic looking after your mental health and they've got an evidence-based research where they call a thing called the the five steps to mental well-being and the five steps are one's connecting with other people so like we are doing here the three of us we are connecting with other people having a chat so we could be connected with your neighbors last year was great you know (laughs) covid was really bad however every thursday night we all stood on the doorsteps clapping the nhs and these conversations, before long, you know, you were there at eight o'clock, you're still there at half past nine, chatting to your neighbours. Mm. So it's all about connecting with each other, being physically active. That's the second step when it comes to uh, the NHS advice on tip for your mental well-being. You know, what can you do, even if it's just going for a walk? It's not a matter of just going to the gym all the time, getting outside. Learning new skills. That's the third step, you know. 
our brains keep making new connections. When you learn something new, you're making those new connections. I may not be as fast as I was when I was younger. Yeah. You know, it take me a bit longer, but you know, I'll, I'll get through to it. So September is a great time to look online, see what courses are available in your local colleges. What's interesting you? you know, do I fancy plumbing? Electrics I'll keep away from because <laughs> I don't want to electrocute myself, but what can you learn? Mm. One of the other steps is giving to others. And it's not about you know, giving monetary values, it's giving your time perhaps. But even if you can't give your time, give somebody a smile. Yeah. You know, smile to somebody. Mm. Very difficult if you were wearing a mask, but I think yes. masks are coming down now is quite nicely. And the final step they look at is being mindful and being mindful to yourself and really listening to yourself, the true self. I think you mentioned before the, the, the Japanese masks. Mm. And yeah, it, it is take that mask, all the masks off and think, okay, what am I doing? So I think it's important that we just take responsibility for our own mental health because it yes. all starts with ourselves. Yeah, oh, that's some really good advice there. And would, and would you say, Mike, um, as far as looking out for our friends and family and, and people close to us, using that those, those steps, if you're noticing people physically retracting from doing those things, are they kind of early indicators of people struggling? Yeah, massive early indicators is losing interest in things that you previously used to enjoy. You know, because if you are struggling within yourself, you are having a hard time. So you're not going to want to be to join up with others, you not know, want to, wanting to socialize. And for me, all of a sudden, not wanting to socialize is that golden thread that runs through a lot of mental health conditions. Yes. It's that taking yourself back from any situations which is going to put your mental health in a worse place. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. Thanks, Mike. Um, and from your point of view, Andy, how do you, how do you manage your mental health? And, and over the years, you know, have you learned sort of better ways of doing it? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a journey, you know, it's, it's still a journey for me. So I'm definitely not, you know, someone who I can say, oh yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've climbed to the top of the mountain and now I'm much, much better. And I'm, you know, much I'm how I used to be. Definitely not. It's, it's definitely a constant journey and there's highs and lows and ups and downs from, you know, whatever else is going on in the world or in your personal life. And so sometimes, you know, it, it is, it is still a battle. I think, I think for me, some of the things that have, that have helped. So when I've been at my lows, when I've had, you know, some real challenges, you know, whether it's professionally, personally, whatever it is, um, I found, again, talking about it, you know, being getting to that point where, you know what, I need to do something different. Um, I'll, I'll, I will talk about it. And then I found for me personally, the more I talked about it, the, be the better it was. Um, and in particular, I, I've had a few a few rounds of counselling over the years with some some really good counsellors and, and therapists. And, and in, in, in particular for me, it's probably I'm a bit of a scientist from background. I did physics at university and I, I like to understand how things work. And I got to understand the science behind, you know, why do our brains behave the way they do to an extent, you know, no, not an expert. But it, what that really helped me was to stop blaming myself or not being able to will myself better at times. You know, it's like, why can't I just, you know, feel how I used to? Why do I react like this? You know, why can't I just be normal and like everybody else? But once I understood the science and, you know, the chemicals in your brain and how they take ages to dissipate and blah, blah, blah. You know, that, that kind of really helped me stop blaming myself 
um, you know, and, and, and give myself the time to then try and, you know, get better and recuperate. Um, I think, and, and speaking to, to, to the right people as well, I think it's useful to talk to anybody if you can, but, you know, you do get more from qualified people. So again, whether it's counsellors or whether it's GP or people like Mike, you know, who, who's have, have got a career in doing this type of thing. Um, so I think those are, those are some of the things. And um, looking out for your triggers as well. I think for me, that's probably something I've tried to do more over time then because I have, again, in my, probably over the last sort of five, six years, I have had those kind of times where I felt better and felt a bit worse, felt a bit better, felt a bit worse. And it is trying to then not lull yourself into a false sense of security. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm better now. I'm brilliant. You know, I'm back to normal. I'm back to how I was. And then getting back into bad, bad habits. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's always things like, you know, not taking breaks at work, working too late, not getting enough sleep, you know, all these sorts of things, which by themselves, you know, you can cope with it a short time. But when you kind of keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, you know, for me personally, again, my resilience will just then let down again. And then you kind of find yourself withdrawn from society a bit more, just like you were talking about. So it's kind of spotting some of those things before they happen. Yeah. Am I am I not sleeping well at night? Oh, yeah, I kind of am. Why is that? Oh, have I been working a lot at night? Oh, yes, I have. Okay, yeah. right, then I need to take a little bit of a break. So, yeah. Um, so I think it's those, it's those sorts of things. And finally, sorry, I will shut up in a minute. I, th- I think finally it's the what's that root cause you know is there a root cause for your for how you feel as well and i think some sometimes if you're able to again perhaps with the help of a counselor or your gp or whatever if you're able to work what that is what that is can you eliminate it you know and sometimes you can't sometimes there's nothing you can do about whatever the root cause is but sometimes you can once you figure it out so again there's and again the only way you'll probably do that is to talk to people and to be open and you know seek, seek help and advice so so yeah lo- lots of things uh, it's the journey it's still a journey i still make mistakes as you well know Ian. um you know i need to exercise more um because that does really really help it's really beneficial but i've you know, i've got young kids and it's just it's hard to do so yeah. there's always things you can do better and always things you can do more of definitely and you're clearly somebody that thinks a lot about this stuff um and analyzes dare I say um do you um have you ever or, or or do you journal by any chance do you do you kind of use your sort of daily review and, and write down how you're feeling and that sort of stuff I have it's another one of those things where I've done it when I've probably been at at my worst as it were because it's a technique that helps and then again probably naively as I get a bit better I'll stop doing it and so it's one of those where I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. I was finding, because one of the things I, I used to do as well, I used to try and write down, you know, at the end of the day, what are the, you know, three things that were really good about today? You know, just to kind of re- recap. And it's all, it's all parts of mindfulness, isn't it? And and just try and recap, you know, not everything has been a disaster today, even though sometimes you might feel it. And again, it's just as you, the, the more you do it, the more you start to think more positively about it so yeah, yeah it's, some, it's something i've done i've done it no, no, i don't religiously do it any anymore if, if i'm honest maybe i should um but yeah it's, it's, it's interesting though isn't it that, that it something really helps you when you're at your worst why wouldn't it continue to help you but it's it's just something you kind of you go through of well i'm better now so yeah you know i can stop taking my tablets so to speak um, yeah and medication yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you're absolutely right. Um, I think there's, some, there's something about just 
breaking breaking habit break it's, it's easy to break good habits isn't it it's hard to break bad habits i think there's some, something around that and i think there must still be something around the you want to and i do you know for me personally i do have a desire to be and feel how i used to feel you know when i was in my mid-20s or something like that in my mid-20s i didn't journal these things in my mid-20s i didn't care about this stuff and but i'm not there anymore you know things have happened in my life which uh, you know, I've, I've made me stressed and have, you know, have caught, have caused me anxiety and, and whatever else. And, you know, things, things have changed. So it's probably naive in some ways to, to want that, but I think that's quite a hard thing to, mm. you know, to address and, and, and to kind of switch, switch off, you know? So yeah, mm. it is an, it's an interesting, in some ways, I think it's human nature, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I'm, I was bad on the physical health as well, you know, so I've done that, gone to the gym, maybe I have lost that bit of weight or put on that bit of muscle, and then I stopped. It's like, and then lo and behold, I put the fat back on. I lose the muscle, and it's like, yeah. oh man. So yeah, it's getting, it's just, it's getting into those routines, isn't it? I think is the thing. Definitely. Um, that's a really good segue into my next question, Mike. If you wouldn't mind picking this up first. So, um, we've talked a lot about physical health and mental health, and and how, um, you know, certainly how aligned they are. But how, why can't we talk about mental health and handle mental health in the same way as physical health? And that. I kind of thought about this as far as, you know, do you think mental health gyms are a fantasy or something that we should expect to see on the high street in the next few years? Well, this is really interesting because my gym before lockdown, we used to have meditation classes there every sort of Sunday morning. So I think the well-being side of gyms, they are slowly buying into it. No, I've never an example of a gym that has its own counsellor, etc. Oh, wow. However, I think there are already mental health gyms out there. However, we don't sort of look at them as mental health gyms. So, for example, yoga, a yoga class. You know, mm. yoga is superb for your mental health, but they don't advertise it as a mental health gym. It's advertised as a yoga class, and. Well, it increases your body awareness, relieves chronic stress patterns, relaxes your mind, centers attention, sharpens concentration. So just by simple yoga, all of a sudden you've got all these benefits, physical and mental, because the way yoga makes you stretch. Then you've got classes, for example, for mindfulness. You know, mindfulness classes is superb. Again, great for your mental health. They don't class it as mental health. On um, there's a website called Future Learn, and the Monash University in Australia. They will on Future Learn. You can do a three work three week course on mindfulness for free. Oh wow! There's no charge. Yeah. And it, it sounds a big three week course, but all it is, it's a two hour course per week. Right. But the great thing is, I think Andy, you know, as your science background, they go into the science of mindfulness and showing the, the scientific benefit that it has on the human body. So you know, I think we've got these gyms already there. And then, of course, you've got the simple things of the physical exercise is great for your mental health. You know, we talk about it as a physical gym, but Doing exercise is good for your mental health. So jogging, swimming, cycling, walking, all these things, you know, you're breathing different, you're connected with nature if you're outside. It's all positive. So I can understand people looking at mental health gyms, but 
I think they're already there and there's lots of different types that we can solve already access. Yeah. And also we can do for ourselves. So it's, um, I can see it being advertised more, but under a new title, <laughs> it would yes. be, okay, yoga now is a mental health gym. Yes. So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's there, but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. But uh, I think, you know, perhaps people just don't understand it yet. Yes. And we yeah. just need to raise that awareness of it. No, I agree. Um, and, and Andy, from, from your perspective then, um, do you think it's, it, do, you, do you agree with Mike that it's already here or do you think it's fantasy or do you think it's, it's, it's going to be sort of um, escalating? Yeah, uh, again, it's, it's a good question. I largely agree with what Mike said. Um, before you mentioned that term to me, you know, pre, pre, before the uh, podcast started, I hadn't heard of it. I hadn't heard that term. So I did, I did a little bit of research and I think Mike's right. It, it is already there. Maybe it is in the marketing and, and how it's advertised. Because I think when I first started having a little bit of a research, I was thinking, this just sounds like, what what, what the heck is this? But then we start to realise what it really is. And it is, as Mike was saying, you know, it's it's mindfulness classes, you know, it's it's yoga, it could be on-site counselling. And again, some gyms already have this type of facility. And again, back to my own experiences um, of counselling and, you know, mindfulness, it's been really, really positive to the point where, you know, I, I, when I first had my... Um, first bout of counselling when I had a few sessions I was going around telling everybody everyone needs to go and get, have some counselling no matter where you are in your you know mental spectrum whether you're really good or you know really not so good because it's just brilliant and it's really really eye-opening you know everyone should do it so if this is a way of encouraging people to do that and to talk I think I think it's really really good and to you know again do things like yoga which again I, I, it's something I did pre pre-covid really miss it now because classes have been finished you know I've, and I have noticed that difference I think my only kind of worry uh, or the, the risk associated with it is, you know, just be sure it doesn't replace, you know, real professional medical, you know, kind of help and advice that someone doesn't, you know, just, just thinks, oh, you know what, actually, it, I'm not, they go to the mental health gym, they speak to somebody who's, you know, semi-qualified or whatever it is, it doesn't really work for them and then they give up. You know, that it, that isn't the end of the road. You know, there is there is obviously a lot more support and, and medical and professional support. So as, as long as there's not that kind of risk that people think, well, actually, this, is this it? Is that the only thing now? It doesn't work for me and, you know, yes. give up then. And I, and I suppose if we continue the physical analogy there, um, in the same way that if you were training for fitness, you wouldn't just kind of work on your legs for your mental health, you wouldn't just do exercise. Yeah. You look at the, you know, there's a toolkit available. And I suppose to have maximum success, if success is, is, is you know, positive mental health or having, you know, great tools available to you when your mental health dips, it's knowing that, you know, what works best for you um, and knowing it's not just one thing that isn't a silver bullet um, and, and that yeah. applying those, two three four or five things is going to get you out of your funk a bit quicker than just doing one thing yeah i, I think that's a, re a really good point um yeah it might be good to get your view on that as well because i think you're right some sometimes the first thing you try doesn't work you know it doesn't work for you you don't feel any better whether that's physical or mental um i hate the gym physically so i've, I've always enjoyed keeping fit by doing sports so you know that's what i've always tried to do um, until I got a bit older and injured and all that kind of stuff but um, but yeah it, it, it is finding what works for you so um, kind of meditation I've tried myself in the past I, I really struggled I'd kind of just struggled to get into it and I struggled I think just to have the the, the mind being quiet enough and, and so 
but yoga was brilliant you know and i really enjoy that and other bits of mindfulness i've really i've really enjoyed as well so i think you're absolutely right and i think it is um horses for courses isn't it and try and find what what works for you very much like on the physical side yeah so many parallels so many parallels Definitely. it is a very holistic approach when it comes to everything as well because well our mental health is affected by what we eat as well so mm. we need to think oh yeah am i eating the correct food am I, am i feeding the brain the correct nutrients we've always got to think of <clears throat> pardon me am i sleeping well enough because we need to make sure we have good sleep and then that approach and with the exercise and what works for you as an individual there's nothing worse than someone telling you that you have to do that yeah and then you try it and just like you said handy you know it's not working it's not working but i'll keep it going i'll keep it going but you know it's, it's the definition of madness then you're trying it all the time it's not working for you yeah but you, you uh, one Absolutely. thing you picked up andy was always remember that the professionals are there to help and support you as well and you know if you are struggling get and see that the professionals it is really important you know never, never forget that that's the place we go for that extra help we can do so much well for example if you were in the gym and you you hurt yourself you would go to see the doctor you know if you pull the muscle in your leg you think oh hang on this isn't getting any better i'm going to go and see the doctor same thing with your mental health because that's really important yeah and slight, slightly off scripting, but just just to, on that point again, from from my own experience, um, when I was at probably my, my lowest, um, I guess several years ago now, it's got to that point. I literally, I just couldn't get out of bed in the morning. You know, it was that that bad. I felt like the weight of the world was on me, and um, you just like it's not like your life is over, but you just you just can't see a way forward. And that was the point for me where I did. I went to see my GP. You know, mm. and and thankfully, luckily for me, my wife. You know, really supportive and sort of gave me that nudge to to, to kind of do it. I say nudge, she put, like forced me to go. But it's the right thing to do. You know, absolutely the right thing to do. And uh, and I would say to anybody who, if anyone is listening around that and and is in that position, you know, I, I really would in, encourage that. Go speak to your GP. Uh, you know, they they can help. And that's that that conversation I had with my GP changed my life. You know, so um, yeah, do, do go do it. Don't if you if you feel like that, just do it. I know it's hard to get and see a GP nowadays, but you know if you if you absolutely can, just do it. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, and just putting everything together then, and but putting a business context on this, Andy, and I'll come to you first if you don't mind. So obviously, you know, you're putting all your energy at the moment into setting up Hope Energy, and no. as a as a as a leader, no, of, of, no pun intended. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, well, pun absolutely intended. <laughs> so you know you're you're putting everything into setting up this this new organisation, and and um, clearly your own mental health experiences are, are playing well into that as far as the way you're setting up the culture. But for any uh, other new or experienced leaders today that that are maybe struggling to grasp the nettle on on mental health, you know what are the, what are the three things you think? They should be doing to improve the way mental health is handled in their business yeah um so you yeah, had, a, had a good think about this and again just to caveat it this is you know my own view not necessarily the view of professionals or anything else but yeah the sort of things i was thinking about is be, be open um tell your own tell your own story again if, if it's appropriate to do so because as mike was saying earlier on everyone has a story you know everyone has mental health so i think being open about it you know, I am certainly not perfect. Um, I have certainly made mistakes. Um, 
But what I've found is the more I've talked about it, the more one, I've been empowered myself. And secondly, you know, the, I'm able to help other people because it makes them feel more comfortable to then be able to come and talk to me. And again, it's something I learned from my own experience. I really valued it when uh, people in my pre- previous organization of a really senior level gave them a, a part of themselves to me about, you know, their own experiences and how they weren't perfect and how they struggled and it just makes you realize, oh, gosh, everyone has a story. And even these people who you think are super important and super cool and super resilient, they they have their days, you know. So, yeah, so I think being open, being open and honest about it. Um, take it seriously um, and seek that professional help like we talked about before. Um, I think it's if someone comes with, even if it's a case of um, someone comes one day, say, how are you doing? And they go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that could be not just them being a miserable git there could be something going on you know and again my own experience i've done that i've done that in the past someone would come like, and you think oh god not them again but they were actually going through something you know and again i was uh, i think in the previous podcast i've talked a bit about that how i didn't really i wasn't i wasn't really all up to speed on on mental health because i hadn't had my own experiences so i think absolutely take it seriously if you spot any of those kind of warning signs uh, or someone brings something to your attention, you know, take it seriously because, you know, some kind of help or intervention could be, you know, could, could be life-saving literally. So, you know, absolutely take it seriously. I think that the, the final one is um, accept some hard truths. So the, what might be happening is, you know, you as a leader or your the, the, the organization that you run could be the root cause of someone's stress, you know, of someone's anxiety, of their depression, whatever. Uh, and again, I've seen it in other organizations where there's the whole, you know, oh, here's a free yoga class, you know, oh, here's some meditation classes that you've got to take out your own time, by the way, as well, you know, and go, this will make you feel better. It's like the root cause is we have too much work to do. You know, that is doing a few little sticky plasters over the top is not going to be the solution. So I think it is sometimes accepting that hard truth that, you know what, it could be you, it could be the business, you know, mm. and you may need to. Again, as a leader, you may need to make some decisions for the betterment of, you know, my staff and the team. I need to go. I need to hire more people, which is going to impact the bottom line. You know, I'm going to it's going to take a, a hit out of our profit. The long term impact, ho- hopefully, is you know will be better because the hopefully they'll be, feel feel better. They'll be uh, they'll perform better. Uh, lower recruitment costs because maybe they won't leave. Um, I would quite like to see some data on that myself, so I probably should go and do a bit of my own research. But um, yeah, accept that hard truth, and it's and sticky plasters are often not the answer. Yeah, I, I really like that last one, Andy. It really resonates with me. Just it's kind of like asking a question, but then not liking when the answer comes back. If it's if yeah. it's about you, and just accepting that you know whether it's intentional or not is is irrelevant. It's happening. Yeah. That's how they feel. Therefore, do something about it. Yeah. And and not use the excuse of again, which I've seen in the past. Yeah, but that's how it was for me when I was junior yeah. in this organisation, or that's how it's always been, and therefore suck it up and you know or leave. I mean, again, I'm being a bit a bit um, you know extreme with some of those things, but again, I've I've sort of seen it. Um, yes. So yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. In um, don't if you want to know if you ask the question, listen to the answer, yeah. uh, and don't just say no. That's you know irrelevant. Cool. I think, Andy, what you're talking about there is if we think of it like health and safety, you'd evaluate risk factors for, say, yeah. manual handling, wouldn't you? Again, it's, um, physical, it's the physical versus mental conversation yeah. again, isn't it? Exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So we should evaluate, you know, what's any impact on mental ill health within my organization? 
okay, that's a risk factor. So with, with manual handling, you try to re reduce the risks down from say a 12 to a nine. Okay, so how can I reduce that risk? So no, it's, it's a really good point, Andy. And I think that's where there's been a massive, a massive, um, you know, positive movement around mental health. I, I, I've seen in my own career, you know, in sort of 20 odd years I've been working and we definitely have moved on. But that's where we're stuck now, I feel. You know, people are aware of it. People understand how we can kind of fix and kind of address it. I think that, you know, that root cause, that uncomfortable truth of it's the organisation, it's the nature of the business, it's, you know, you everyone is too busy. That's the thing that we've got to, you know, that's the hill that we've got to climb next yeah. and, you know, try, try and get over. Yeah. And I think this generation, by the way, again, a little bit of a, of a tangent, I think this generation, the one that's coming through now is much better at flagging these things, by the way, and saying, actually, you know what, this is rubbish and this is poor and I'm going to leave, thank you, because there's another organisation that doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, my, my generation, I think um, I wasn't like that. And I think my, the people who I grew up with and came through the ranks the same as me, we were kind of thankful for a job. Oh, thank you, Lord, for this, you know, this great opportunity. And and I think the, the generation coming, again, I'm being very broad here, but I think they've got it the other way around. It's like, no, you know, I'm, I mean something and I'm, I'm important and, you know, I want an organisation that treats me right and, and so on and so forth. So I think, I think it's helping that this younger generation are coming through. And I think there's a bit of a clash, a mm. clash of cultures where the older school who don't believe that, that way um, versus this kind of newer school. But I think those organisations will die because pe you, need to, you need to get with the times, you need to move forward. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to be able to recruit. Yes. And, and, and Mike, Andy's covered loads of ground there and some really good advice is there anything anything different that you would add any in in your three or are, are they very similar yeah they are very similar but i mean i work with a lot of large organizations and also with a lot of hr companies <clears throat> um, one of the things we used to talk about was policies within the companies um, when we first mentioned mental health oh yeah that's all within the well-being policies but we can now see businesses being much more proactive in writing down a mental health action plan and policy. So the organisation has it in black and white for every member of staff to look at, to understand how the business will support me and my mental health. And the great impact of that, it has a wonderful impact in the organisation because all of a sudden it's publicising it now. So the organisation now will publicise this commitment to mental health. So not only does the staff know about it, but you've got other companies looking into it inwards and going, okay, that's a good company because they are looking after all the members of staff. So the members of staff, they, are, they, they will feel then more sort of valued. And the other thing they can do then is providing training across the organisation with regards to mental health. Now, my company, we provide mental health <clears throat> first aid trainers. However, what we tend to do is get people then to the mental health first aid trainers to run training sessions for other members of staff. A little lunch and learn. Yeah. Okay, guys, today now we're going to look at you know, what stress is or look up any aspects of, look, we've got this new project starting. This may cause us to work extra hours. You know, how are we going to cope with this without mental health? So it's all about the organisation moving forward together. And I think if we move together, it's a win-win for the staff, for the employer, and it's a win-win for the business because all of a sudden the business has a bit of kudos. 
that they are looking after everybody. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Um, so, so that's the, the, the end of today's podcast. Um, and it's the end of our series looking at mental health. So, Mike, I just want to give a special thanks to you for creating the topics and putting so much of your personal time into this and, and sharing your expertise and wisdom and insight. It's been a, a real eye-opener for me. And I know people listening to it will, will be really grateful. So um, thank you, Mike. Um, really You're appreciated welcome. your time. Um, and, and Andy, um, certainly you've been a, you know, a great um, participant in, in, in these conversations as well. This is your, I think it's your third podcast overall now. Um, so yeah, getting your your card stamped as a, as a reward. So thank you for that. So, but, but thank you both for today's conversation. I've, I've really picked up quite a bit from today and I know, I know others will as well. Um, and as usual, um, if you want to hear more from us, you can subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Music um, as far as the podcast is concerned. Um, if you want to stay up to date with our other content for future leaders, um, you can follow us on LinkedIn. And of course, whilst we haven't talked about mentoring today necessarily, um, if you are interested in finding a mentor or being a mentor, please go to our website, which is futureleadersmentoring.com. Um, tap the join us button and there'll be a, a short sort of questionnaire which you can you can fill in um, and you can you can pick us up from there so until next time thank you for listening i know you'd have taken a load of insight and inspiration from from both mike and andy today um, and we'll speak again soon thank you everyone thank you cheers thanks bye